Next week, I'm going to talk about the philosophy of what a worldview is from a Christian point of view. But today, we need to put on the biblical worldview and answer the question, is suicide a disease or a damnable sin? Now, before I get started, there was a Facebook discussion that I've been involved on. On my personal page, already four videos have been made and many blog entries. I would invite you to check it out. But there has been many a sassy people, a person, to come on my page and think that I'm going about this the wrong way. And so what I did in the first service is I asked people who have struggled with depression or suicide, and Jesus has set them free to stand up. And I'm going to ask us to do that in just a moment because there was 17 people in the first service and I believe there's going to be about that many here in the second service. And we're going to put it on Facebook and show the lukewarm church and the world that hates Christians that our method of preaching the gospel and preaching the truth about it really sets people free. But before I do that, I'm going to wait for some to come out of uh, working right now. They're doing some errands because I have some leaders in the second service. I know I want, they want to be in this picture. But there is a suicide epidemic right now in our culture. Just in the last 10 years, there has been an increase of over 25% of suicide. 44,965 deaths a year by suicide, making it the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. and the number one preventable cause of death. Just since Robin Williams has died, suicide, he took his life, has gone up 10%. What does this show us? What happened around 10 years ago that you think would have led to such a spike in suicide? Now look at your everyday life, and I think you'll be able to find out what it was. What happened 10 years ago? Take a guess, somebody. You do it every single day. It has nothing to do with suicide, but I'll show you in just a minute. What happened roughly 10 years ago? No guesses? Come on, somebody shout out. What do you think happened? Shout out something. Social media. Who said social media? That's exactly it. Ten years ago, roughly, social media started, and all of these memes started coming around, beautifully broken, suffering in silence. And then they began to say about suicide and depression. This is how I feel. Don't judge me. I'm not a coward. I'm really brave. I fight my demons every night, go to bed tired to wake up again. How many of you have seen those kind of memes floating around social media? Over the time, people took off the Christian worldview because the culture said, don't call them cowards. Don't say it's a sin. Never mind what they did to their family. Never mind what they did to their children. They must have just been crazy and they were a victim. How does this play out now that people have seen it be so well accepted? Why since Robin Williams has it gone up so much? So I put a poll on my personal Facebook page. It's up right now if you want to vote. And it says this, over the last 10 years, and specifically over the last three years since Robin Williams, have more preachers preached against suicide and thus made everybody feel so guilty that they got to kill themselves? Is that what changed? Or did the culture call them victims, give them vigils, make them look like they were brave, and tell everybody they're in a better place? Monkey see, monkey do. 
Now everybody sees it. It's the same things with school shootings. By the way, on my poll, I'm going to put up the sociology reports. They are comparing the epidemic now to school shootings because exactly how people saw at the beginning when people were shooting up schools, how they were glorified. Their names were put in all over the news. They were felt sorry for. That's why there started to be copycats. So the news people had to stop putting up their pictures, stop putting up their names, and began to make a covenant among themselves. We're not going to let these people get the glory of the publicist, of the being published, publicized. And now we need to do the same thing with suicide. It's being looked at like it's a disease. It's being looked at like people are brave because they've done it, and it's a devil's lie. Some pastors have even taken their lives. What a confirmation of the prophecies from this pulpit. Last week, I preached a message on being beautifully broken, warning pastors not to preach this message of suffering and silence being broken, but speak the word of God. And last Sunday, a pastor killed himself. Before I could hear about the news, you were sending me links saying, this is such a confirmation, Pastor, of the dangerous doctrine of believing that we're broken and that we're miserable and that Jesus changes nothing. The historic church has believed from Augustine to Thomas Aquinas to my personal hero that John Wesley even said that suicide was the sin of self-murder. It was actually a crime to commit suicide in England and in the American colonies. If you were to commit suicide, people would suggest that your body would be hanged in the town square so that you would see the shame that you brought to your family. And now they have found out that children of suicide victims are three times more likely. So they think that they are getting rid of their problems, but yet they're going to hell. And then they're adding their problems to their poor family. I have mercy for them today. And so sadly, some Christians have taught that maybe you could commit suicide and still go to heaven as long as you don't renounce Jesus. But those Christians are lying to you, my friend, because the sin of suicide is the renounce of Jesus as the Lord of your life. Are you listening to me? The epidemic is growing. What are you going to do to stop it? Don't let public opinion stop you from preaching the gospel. Let me ask you a question. Why is it we treat suicide different than other things? When a woman has an abortion, don't we call that murder? Or do we say she's sick in the head and needs medicine? When, when, when a gangbanger kills another man, do we say he's sick in the head? Or do we say he's a murderer? Now, some people may talk about mental illness. Is it real? Yes, mental illness is real. I am not a conspiracy theorist. I think doctors are trying to help us. But I will show you in just a few moments as I make my case that suicide has nothing to do with mental illness, schizophrenia, or antipsychotic drugs. I will make that case in a few moments. But I want to ask you a question. Whatever the Word of God says, are you willing to trust it and obey? Can I hear an amen? amen. Is Jerry coming? Because I want Jerry in this picture. I want to go get Jerry and a few more of our leaders because I'm about ready to take this picture for those in this church who you have struggled either with depression or suicidal thoughts. We're going to put that picture up as well as the first service, and we're going to show the world that our church sees the brokenhearted healed and the captives set free. Can I get an amen? As we're waiting for them, praise God. As we're waiting for them, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, thou shall not murder. It's the sin of murder. We'll talk about it. If you have ever struggled with depression or suicide and God has set you free, stand up now, please. Give, give a hand to clap for those who have the bravery to do it in this church. Stand up where you're at. 
and be counted. Amen. Stand where you keep standing. I waited specifically for you. I need you to stand. Thank you. Stand where you are at. Here comes the panographic picture. Isn't this amazing? You have either struggled with depression or suicidal thoughts. And look at what Jesus did for you. Let's give it up one more time for what Jesus has done. Amen. The Bible says thou shalt not murder, but they call it a disease. Let's look at the facts now. Somebody say just the facts. A disease on one side is a thing in the physical body. You can diagnose it by seeing it. Suicide, on the other hand, is an act of the will. Can you see an act of the will under a microscope, a brain scan? Let me just show you right now. On the count of three, raise up a right, your right hand or your left hand as long as you want and then put it back down. Are you ready? We're going to raise up a hand for as long as we want. One, two, three. Pick one of your hands. Now put it down whenever you want. The experiment has been done. Do you know that they cannot see the act of your will and what you just did? In a brain scan, they can see that you just sent signals to the motor skills of your body to move your hand. But they cannot see the decision and why you picked the right or the left, why you put it this high instead of that high. Suicide is an act of the will. That's what it is. It's not an accident. It's somebody willing to harm themselves. Number two, a disease can be cured with medicine. Suicide cannot be cured with medicine. As you will see, suicide is an act of the will, and medicine may help people to have a clearer thinking mind. Mental illness may be true, bipolar, schizophrenia, but even as one of our sisters has testified, she had a grandfather that was schizophrenic but never wanted to commit suicide. Why isn't all depressed people today committing suicide? What's the difference between the depressed person committing suicide and the depressed person not committing suicide? Do you understand? It is not something that medicine determines. Otherwise, everybody would take a pill and it would be gone. It's not the medicine that determines it. It is the will that determines it. And number three, think about this, guys. Everybody look up at me because we have people suffering from cancer in this church. A disease can be cured and treated without the will. So when otherwise, right now, I could knock you out and start giving you antibiotics and your cold would go away. I could knock you out and start giving you medicine, and the medicine would automatically fix your problem. Tell me how we do that with suicide. I knock you out. I give you the medicine. You wake up, and you no longer want to do suicide. Not even hypnotism can do that. Why? Because it's a decision of the will. Now, some people say, what about the devil? Yes, the devil will tempt you, and even sometimes the devil will possess you. But even in the Bible, when the man cut himself or the spirit caused the child to go into the fire, the spirits could not kill the people. It wasn't until the spirits were cast out into the pigs, the pigs ran off the cliff. Pigs do not have a will. The spirits could throw the pigs off the, the cliff. Are you listening? If the devil could kill you, that way he would possess everybody and cause you to commit suicide. God can't force you to go to heaven, and the devil can't force you to go to hell. Your will is yours. Are you listening? Suicide's cure is wholly dependent upon the will. Think about everybody that's ever thought about suicide. What's the difference between those who have done it and those who haven't done it? It's not the medicine. It's not the counseling. It's not the environment. It's not those things. It's the will. The one thing in common that all suicidal people have is the choice to take their lives.
And think about how they take their lives. Do they put a Nerf gun to their head? No, they get a real gun. Shows you they were in their right mind. Do they jump off the bridge in Looney Tunes at, at Woodfield Mall, that little plastic bridge? No, they go to the Golden Gate Bridge. They know where they're going. Over half of them are not diagnosed with any mental illness, and upwards of half even leave suicide notes saying they're not insane, and this is how they want to die. I'll be reading some in just a few moments. So what does the Bible say as you're questioning, is it a disease or a damnable act? The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. You can't murder yourself. That's the sin. And there's a way that you may think is right, but it leads to death. All the studies prove this, that it's not mental illness, it's not genetics, it's not environment, risk factors. None of those things equal suicide. Why? I'll prove it right now. There's mentally ill people not killing themselves. Do you know that right now counselors actually have to counsel their patients because of this epidemic and the lie of mental illness and say to their patients, you won't kill yourself because they're coming now to the clinic saying, because I take, I'm bipolar and I take medication, does that mean I'm going to kill myself? Because that's what it said on the news is why they killed themselves. I'm schizophrenic. Am I going to shoot up a school? Because they said that's why they did it. Actually, right now in the mental health industry, they're shouting as loud as they can. Stop saying it's mental illness's fault because we have hundreds of thousands of people with mental illness that are sweethearts and have dear hearts. And they don't want to do any of this. The genetics... The environment, the risk factors, none of those things equal suicide. That would mean, like we said, if it was a disease, if you have these genetics, you get this cancer. If you have these genetics, you don't see your, eye, your eyes don't see right. If you're this environment, like if we put you in a room of 120 degrees, that environment makes all of us hot. But why is people survive the Nazi Holocaust and didn't take their life? You see, it's none of those things that equal suicide. It's the act of the will. Look at Proverbs 8, 35 through 36. For those who find me talking about the presence of God and wisdom will receive favor from the Lord. But look at this, verse 36, those who fail to find me harm themselves. Watch this, all who hate me love death. Can you love God and his wisdom and at the same time love death? I'm going to ask this side, Can everybody here on this side, can you love God and love death at the same time? No, you can't. Those who love death don't love God. Now, you may say to yourself, well, they profess to be a Christian. I know pedophiling priests that profess to be a Christian. I know sexually perverted televangelists that profess to be a Christian. The Bible says in Titus, they profess to know God, but by their disobedience, they deny him. You can profess to be a millionaire. Does that make you one? Try it. I'm a millionaire. Where's the money? What equals suicide every single time? Unbelief. You don't believe you're going to hell. Why? Because what are people doing suicide for? Escaping pain. Would you commit suicide knowing you're going to hell if your whole point is to escape pain? Come on, somebody. I need somebody to help me preach today. Would you commit suicide to say I'm escaping pain? Because, listen, I know there's real pain in the world. And now they want to act like we don't love them because we tell them the truth. I love the woman even though she wants to commit an abortion. And I love children. That's why I'm trying to spare the child being murdered. Stop telling us we don't love people. This is what we're trying to do to stop them. And if they have committed suicide, I'm not here to cover it up. If your dad was a Muslim and he died, I'm still preaching against Islam. Are you listening? If your parents or whoever you love committed suicide, you must know the truth about it. It's heaven or hell. Make your decision. 
unbelief, despair. Those who are in despair don't think God cares. It's a rhyme, but you better believe it. Those who are in despair don't think God cares. I want you to imagine me talking to that pastor before he committed suicide last week. Everybody, come on. Pay attention. Pastor, your wife told me you're depressed. Yeah, I just don't feel like I belong here anymore. Jesus loves you. I just don't feel like it. Listen, he does whether you feel like it or not. Yeah, I think it would be better off if I leave this world, get out of the hair of my family. I've been messing things up so often. No, it's better you stay because if you leave, there will be three times more likely to do exactly what you just did. Yeah, but I, I just think it would be better. No, you'll go to hell. I don't believe there's a hell. Jesus will change you if you stay. I don't believe Jesus will change me if I stay. Isn't that what it really comes down to at the very end? You have 10 seconds left to talk to the person before they commit suicide. What do you say? Jesus loves you and will meet you in heaven. Or do you try to say, Jesus loves you, you're going to go to hell. Please stop. Proverbs chapter 9, 10 and onward says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You better fear God. I want everybody to get this today. I meet these prideful people all the time. I try to preach to them, but they're so prideful they stick up their nose. They don't think they need my God. And then they find themselves in some pit. The devil trapped them in, and they weren't ready because they never feared God. You better be careful when you hear words from a preacher, whether it's on the street or in a church like this. You better fear God on Judgment Day because it's the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge is of the Holy One and understanding. Now look at this. Through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you will suffer alone. I want you to listen to me. Everyone who commits suicide suffers alone in hellfire forever. You do not escape the pain. You go to a greater pain. You do not get pity, godless pity. Unbiblical grace does not exist, and then you suffer alone. Are you listening? Come on, somebody say, help us, Jesus. I want to show you that not only this is my opinion, but it's the opinion of modern-day science because they are in right now an epidemic. The man who wrote the book on anxiety had him, wrote the workbook, the doctor won an award for it, himself had an anxiety breakdown, five years later had to rewrite it and recant much of what he said because you know what? These are godless atheists who believe you're nothing but an animal of instinct and your brain is nothing but chemicals and they try to pump you full of them and they're realizing it doesn't work. Even the atheists, psychiatrists, and scientists are believing you must believe in yourself as a soul so you can change it physically brain if you're getting out of this. And I'll prove it to you right now. None of these resources are Christian. The Delhi Psychiatric Journal, all these links are online. The, the Delhi Psychiatric Journal, these are medical journals. These aren't just little self-help things on the internet. These are doctors, PhDs, medical studies right now cutting edge. There is no known unifying underlying pathophysiology for either suicide or depression. What that means, pathophysiology, is there is nothing in your brain, baby, and there ain't nothing in your body that gives you the right to say it made me do it. Not one thing for suicide or depression. 
Can there be risk? Yes. Can there be things going on in the brain? Women go through menopause. There can be times where things like this happen. But I want everybody to get this. That simply looking at yourself as a bio, biochemical machine will not help you. Look at the Journal of World Psychiatry. You think they know what they're doing, World Psychiatry, a journal? Come on. Simple biochemical theories that link low levels of serotonin with depressive, with depressive moods are no longer tenable. They are now saying just pumping you full of medicine is not going to work. And I want you to know why it doesn't work. Everybody get this simple example. Imagine if I brought to you a candle made of wax that's burning. I bring it to you and I say, tell me how long this candle has been burning and how much wax is missing. How would you know? You couldn't. The best thing you could do is now watch the candle and see the rate of burn, and maybe you see about a centimeter of wax goes away every 10 minutes, but you would have no idea how big the candle originally was, and you would know how, no idea of how the rate of burn has been. Maybe I started the candle off with the flame flower, made it go from this to this very quickly, and then now it's been going down. Maybe it's a 10-foot candle instead of a 3-foot candle. You have no idea, and that's what the chemicals in the brain they don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. Did you have low serotonin and that changed your mood? Or did your mood change your serotonin? Just pumping you full of chemicals doesn't fix the problem. They have to do cognitive therapy with you. They've got to start talking you through it. They've got to start showing you you're not your brain. And I'll show you some of those books in just a moment. Here's from the Mayo Clinic. You think the Mayo Clinic knows some things? How many think the Mayo Clinic knows some things? Okay, suicide, taking your own life, is, as, is a tragic reaction to stressful situations in life, and all the more tragic because suicide can be what? Prevented. Can I prevent right now me wearing glasses? Can I prevent right now me getting malaria if a bug bites me and I, ha I haven't taken the vaccine? You, you can't be prevented of, uh, of thoughts. You can't be prevented of those kinds of things, but you can be prevented from diseases. There's things you can put up to say this disease will never affect you. But right here, the will, you could go today and take your life if you wanted to, or you could never want to take your life. You make the decision. So what makes suicide tragic is that it can be prevented. It can be, not by medicine, but by your choice. All of you who are afraid of killing yourselves and going to hell, I got a solution for you. Don't do it. Are you afraid of going to Mars and suffocating because there's not enough oxygen there? Come on. Don't do it. Live for Jesus. Fear God and you'll never do it. Are you listening? The Center for Disease Control, how many of you think they know what's going on? They'll call it a disease, though I disagree with them, but look at what they say. More than half of the people, 54% who die by suicide, had no known mental health condition. And it's not like, well, they just weren't diagnosed. No, literally, they had no known mental health condition. I'm going to read some of you their letters where they literally tell you, I am perfectly sane in the brain. So what are the, the things that they say cause it? What's the difference between the one with depression that kills himself and the one that doesn't have depression and kills himself? What's the difference between three schizophrenic people and the one who commits themselves? What's the difference? Here are the differences. The one that has relationship problems that they don't want to handle. Problem with substance abuse, 28%. The relationship is 42%. Most people commit suicide over relationships, and you'll see that in the letters I read. 
Crisis in the past or upcoming weeks, 29%. Criminal or legal problems, and that's why you were standing up because you were in jail, right? From, that's when you wanted to commit suicide. Come on. Let's just be honest. Why did he want to commit suicide? Was he, was he sick in the brain? And I don't mean to say this word wrong, but it's a medical term. Was he mentally retarded? No, he wanted to take his life because he was in jail, got caught, and looked at a lot of time. One of these pastors committed suicide when he was found out that he was trying to buy hookers. People commit suicide for all kinds of reasons that have to do with their will. Criminal legal problems, 9%. Physical health problems, they just don't want to live anymore. That's euthanasia, killing people because they're sick. Loss of housing, they don't have a house anymore. Or financial problems. I knew a man that blew his brains out because he couldn't afford his house anymore. He did it for that reason, not because he was crazy. Craziness does not serve as any kind of excuse. You make that decision. Are you listening? How many are ready to read the suicide notes? Yep, upwards of 50, 50% leave suicide notes. And if you think this is not relevant to our culture, there's a TV a series right now on Netflix called 32 Reasons Why. And that's a show that talks about why she commits suicide. Not one of them is mental illness. Not one of those reasons are mental illness. Are you listening? Let's listen to the people in their own words. Just like I said, I was watching a morning talk show. And they said, oh, this man drove his, he, he, he worked at an air, airport, he stole a plane, drove it up in the air, and then crashed it. And the woman on the show goes, oh, I just, with, with, they could do an autopsy and just see what's wrong with his brain. I want to see what's wrong with your brain. What don't you understand about this? That's his choice. Now are we going to say every person with a mental illness is going to hijack a plane and crash it? Come on, friends, this is nonsense. Look at the single female, 21, something like 13 reasons. Here's what she wrote before she took her life and met God on judgment. My dearest Andrew, it seems as if I've been spending all my life apologizing to you for things that happened, whether they were my fault or not. I'm enclosing your pen because I want you to think of what you took from me every time you see it. You see this? She wants to inflict her pain to others. Not saying everyone's story is the same, but this one wants to inflict that pain to somebody else. You didn't like me? Well, take this and think about it. You do that to me, everybody listen to me. You take my life, put my name on it, I'll see you on judgment day as you get sentenced to hell and I party in heaven. You have no power over the word of God. You try to put your death on me, I'll send it back to hell where it came from. People have tried to tell me you might push them over the edge. Who pushes them over the edge now? Because my message is not being preached. Every sissy preacher telling them their pain's going away is the one pushing them over the edge. No one who knew or knows about the hell I'm preaching about is going to knowingly take their life like this demonic thing here. And let me just say again, the devil will help you, but he can't make you. I'm enclosing your pen because I want you to think of what you took from me every time you see it. I don't want you to think I would kill myself over you because you're not worth any emotion at all. It's what you cost me that hurts, and nothing can replace it. Single male, 51. To whom it may concern, though I'm about ready to kick the bucket, I am as happy as ever. I'm tired of sensitive Sally's coming to me on Facebook trying to find that one exception. Well, what if you're schizophrenic? Then you, somebody gives you LSD, and then you think you're in the FBI, and somebody's chasing you, and the building's on fire, and then you jump out to die. Let's talk about the real stats. 
Let's talk about somebody who said, I'm as happy as ever. I'm just tired of this life. So I'm going to see what's on the other side. Good luck to all. You better stop what you're doing right now, sir. I know what's on the other side for you. I know what's on that other side. This is the devil's altar call. I got headphones for the children if they need it. (laughs) This is the devil's altar call. Come on and die. Come on and die. Take her life. Slit your wrists. Blow your brains out. Jump off this bridge. And all your pain will go away. The devil says, come and die. Jesus says, come and live. Your choice. This person right here, married 45, tells you the bitterness in his heart. My darling, may her her guts rot in hell. I loved her so much. Henry. Look at this divorced female at 61. You cops will want to know why I did it. Well, let's just say that I've lived 61 years too many. People have always put obstacles in my way. One of the greatest ones is leaving this world when you want to and have nothing to live for. So you can't tell me when to take my life. I am not insane. What did she say? I am not insane. One more time, what did she say? I am not insane. My mind was never more clear. It's been a long day. The motor got so hot it would not run, so I just had to sit here and wait. She's going to probably die of suffocation of carbon dioxide in her garage or something. The brakes were against me to the last. The sun is leaving the hill now, so hope nothing else happens. Three of my friends committed suicide. Doesn't, don't anybody here have the right to say I don't understand? Don't you tell me that devil's lie to try to get me to back down from preaching the word of God. I am preaching this way because I love people. I say abortion is murder because I want to spare a life. I say, I say homosexuality is sin because I don't want you to destroy your life. I say suicide is damnable because I don't want you to go to hell. One of my friends blew his head off. Another one of my friends hung himself. Another one of my friends, I did his funeral because I was already a pastor, threw himself in front of a train. I know he was of a right mind. I saw him a week before he did it. Don't anybody here tell me that we don't care about people. I've done the burial with his body in an urn. Couldn't even have it in a casket. He's in hell right now if he did not have some last-minute thing happen before those lights hit him. Now people say, well, pastor, can I just lose my salvation from any old sin? No, listen, we don't sin our way out of salvation. We come in by faith. We leave by unbelief. That's what Romans chapter 11 says. But in Hebrews chapter 3, it says the lifestyle of sin leads your heart towards unbelief. All of those things he was doing, even if he was a Christian, lead him towards unbelief. And when he said, I'll go through with it, that showed he was the Lord of his own life, not God. God said, I give life and I take it away. Don't take his spot. It has been a long day. Look at this married male, he's 74. Look at what he says. What is a few short years to live in hell? See, he thinks that hell's going to be short. He thinks that it's not that big deal. Or he thinks that what he's living is a living hell. Either way, he's, he is so wrong. This is all I get around here. So maybe he's saying, this is living hell. No, my friends, hell is a lot worse than what you have coming your way. Look at no more will I pay the bills. No more will I drive the car. Look at he's in his sound mind. No more will I wash, iron, or mend any clothes. No more will I have to eat the leftover articles that was cooked the day before. This is no way to live. This Either is it a way to die. Her grub I cannot eat. At night I cannot sleep. I married the wrong nag, 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 and I lost my life. 
to the undertaker. We have plenty of money to give me a decent burial. Don't let my wife kid you by saying she has, doesn't have any money. Give this note to the cops. Give me liberty or give me death. What are you talking about? Come on, somebody. You see how many of you are standing up here. I'm preaching because I love you. I wrote a song about this when I was in New Orleans helping one of the young girls that wanted to commit suicide. She said she had all of these reasons to commit suicide. I said, I can give you a million more reasons to live, and the first one starts with Jesus, baby. Jesus is greater than your problems. But did I not prophesy this last week that these pastors are now preaching this message of being beautifully broken? And does that now fit into the same sad song that the devil is saying? And so now what's the problem? They think on the other side the problems go away, and the pastors are there agreeing with it. Lastly, to convince you before I go to preaching the gospel as a sin, as a which it is, let me show you why people die by suicide by Dr. Thomas Joyner. His father cut his wrists and died, committed suicide. He wrote out, he's the leading expert right now on why people commit suicide. Listen to his three reasons. They have nothing to do with mental illness. Perceived burdenness. I'm such a burden. It's better if I go. No one will ever understand me. Number two, failed belongingness. I've tried to be friends with people. I've tried that church stuff. I've tried religion. It just didn't work for me. And then number three, they had the capability of doing it. A rope, a bridge, a gun. None of those have to do with mental illnesses. So please listen to me. If you are struggling with a mental illness or you've had a traumatic brain injury or there are things you are dealing with, Jesus loves you. We are not saying this is you by any means, and don't you believe it. The doctors will help. But Jesus is where you start. Are you listening? Jesus is where we start everything, isn't it? I start by going to the doctor even for a cold with my Jesus. I won't go there without him. Amen. Now you may say, well, Pastor Whiff, somebody's attempted it. Are they automatically going to hell? Then of course not. Thank God that they failed. They can repent. Some here have failed. I'm not going to point them out, but they failed at suicide. They even tried. But they're forgiven. And they're gloriously saved. Now right here I have to get a little bit sassy because people begin to tell me, Joe, well, that's something that you've lost some friends, so maybe you can understand a little bit. But they'll say something like, but you don't know what it's like to be me, to want to commit suicide. And this is what I tell them, you are a liar because you have not been listening to me because my testimony starts off like this. I called up my mother and asked her to put me in a mental hospital. You have no idea what I would have been capable of if Jesus wouldn't have saved my soul that day. You have no idea where I was headed just because my God defeated the devil. Don't you try to make the devil now bigger than my God because he's defeating you. My Jesus saved me from mental anguish. And I see Jason smiling because he's been saved as well. Come on. Don't anybody tell us we don't understand. You see me 41 years later, or 20 plus years later, 41 years old with a happy life, happy wife, many children, and now you say, I do not understand. You are a liar. I've been there, and Jesus has rescued me. You see, here's what it's like. Let me give you an example. It may be a little bit childish, but I need you to get it. Imagine you're playing a video game, like back in the day, like Mario Brothers. And you get to the end of the board, and to beat that board, you got to beat the boss. And there's a big boss there. But here's how the video game makers made it. The boss is invincible. So when you try to fight him, nothing defeats him. 
So now imagine the bridge you're standing on in the game only lasts 30 seconds. So you have 30 seconds to beat the boss or you die every single time. The video game creators made it this way purposely. There's nothing you can do to beat the boss. The bridge is going out. You're going to die. Now imagine you play the game over and over and over and you get frustrated. You get frustrated. And then somebody tells you, I've beaten that board. I'm on the next level. They prove it to you. They show pictures of it. They say, I have been here. The board is real. After this board, I've been there. And then they tell you what it is. Are you listening now or are you arguing? Are you listening to the solution or are you going to argue with them? Why is this demon-possessed, vile, cowardly world arguing with us as Christians when we've been to the other side? When we've already beaten that devil called suicide? When we've already beaten those lies? And so now imagine this. You want to know how to beat it, right? Your friend says to you, in the bush before the bridge, there's a magic sword. You touch the bush, the magic sword comes out, whap, whap, whap. It only takes 30 seconds. You go, oh, my gosh, I've been playing this game for hours. Some of y'all don't remember this because now you can look on the Internet and get your quick fix. We would play Mario for hours trying to beat stuff, okay? You've been playing this game for hours. Now what do you do? Do you get mad at the, the way? Do you get mad or you go get yourself that sword? The word of God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The Bible says Jesus has made us more than conquerors. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. For you are with me in your rod and your staff. They comfort me. We are telling you we know the weapon against depression. We know the weapon against suicide. Don't tell me about how big your problems are every every time I tell you about how big my God is. Humble yourself and believe. So I hope that I've convinced you because now i got to get to preach. And somebody say that was the introduction. Mental illness is... It's not the result of suicide. It's not a, suicide is not a disease caused by mental illness or a diseased brain. It's a wicked, selfish, cowardly, sinful act. That's what it is. And now I want everybody to look at me because you know it's easy for a preacher to get, up, uh, to get excited with the people that love when he preaches. But I'll do this right now on the 6 o'clock news. Get me on. Get me on with a leading expert that disagrees. I'll debate them right now. I've already offered, I've done four live videos. Some of you have been watching. I've offered pastors to be on there. I've offered medical professionals to be on there. I'll get one one day, but I'm telling you, I'm not afraid to defend this because I'll bring the books, I'll bring the stats, I'll bring the facts, and then most importantly, I'll bring the Word of God. And I'll even bring your testimonies. Because I've had people try to defile the word of God by saying we're a judgmental church that doesn't love them or the families. And I'm going to put that picture up today to shame the devil and the backslidden church. The way we're preaching works. That's why I got my friends going to some of these backslidden churches. They're still looking at porn. I haven't looked at it since 96. Now you can keep telling me you keep falling off that bridge and that thing keeps beating you. But I, be- I beat it with the whap of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So you can tell me about your defeat, but I'll tell you about my victory in Jesus. So what should we do when we look at these passages of Scripture? We should take them serious. Look at this passage of what the Bible says he's going to do with those who live this way. Revelation chapter 21, 7 through 8. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. You must decide to keep faith, not lose faith. Judas was saved. He had faith, but then he lost faith and he hung himself. Don't be like Judas. Be like Peter. Even after you make mistakes, you don't quit. Even Peter made mistakes, but he doesn't quit. So what's the difference between Judas and Peter? Because, you know, people want to say, we're all thinner, fat, or where it's all thinner. Okay, you're right. I've made mistakes as being a Christian, but I haven't committed myself as Judas, uh, tried to kill myself like Judas. What's the difference? 
I made a choice. What was the difference between you choosing your left hand or your right hand? What was the difference between you going this high or that high? The victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, somebody say the cowardly. The unbelieving, come on, and say the vile, and say the murderers. Amen. Thank you. Sexually immoral, those who practice magical arts, all the idolatries and liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. According to the Bible, those who take their lives are what? And what? And what? Vile and what? And when they say Jesus wouldn't rescue them, they are what? Liars. How many sins did Adam and Eve do to get kicked out the garden? One. I'm not saying you're going to just whoopsie-doop and kill yourself. That's called an accident. I'm not talking about kids playing with guns. I had a friend that did that, played with a gun and blew his brains out. I'm not talking like that. What I'm talking about is you here, knowing you got issues, being a coward, not believing in God, unbelieving, being vile in your imagination, thinking of blood and death, and now you're lying when I tell you Jesus can set you free. I'll stand before God on judgment day for this, guys. Some people think, well, pastor, you're just too harsh on things. No, I am responsible for what I say to you as a pastor. How many believe I'm responsible? Look at what it says. You go tell them in Ezekiel chapter 3 what I've been telling you. You're going to be a watchman. And now look at what it says in chapter 3 verse 20. Again, when a righteous person turns, this is even towards a Christian or a pastor, when they turn from their righteous deeds and do evil, I will put a stumbling block before them and they will die. Since you did not warn them, they will die for their sin. And the righteous things they did will not be remembered. Whatever that pastor did before he hung himself will not be remembered. Do you get that? Your righteous deeds will not be remembered if you backslide and turn your, turn your back on God. Look at what also the scriptures say. The scriptures also say in the book of Hebrews that it's your choice whether or not you continue in sin after Jesus has set you free. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26, look at what it says. If we deliberately keep on sinning, deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no more sacrifice for sins is left but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. How do you think I'm supposed to talk to people now, friends? I love you. Man, come on, let's just think about this. It's not even about my emotions. It's not even about, I'm just a messenger, people. It's not about what I think. If I put this on a robot reader, you know, deliberately keep on sinning, it's still the truth. I'm just a messenger. How many are happy you got a messenger, though, amen? But look at this. Are we better than anybody else? No, we're saved by grace. Do you not hear my testimony? Are you not listening to me? I didn't save myself November 5th and take myself out of the turmoil that I was in. God did. But if I or anybody here deliberately keeps on sinning after they know the truth so they've been saved, there's no sacrifice for sins, meaning you don't get a second chance at it after you die. All you get is a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire. Do you guys get this? God loves us. He sent his son to die for us. Don't fall for the traps of the enemy. 
you shall not murder applies to you. The way that ends in death may seem right now, but it's going to come in punishment. Do not harm yourself. And as the Bible says, do not approve of those who do these things. The Bible says they not, these wicked people, they do all of these things. They're homosexual. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, they not only continue to kill themselves, but, and, but they also approve of those who practice it. So not only are they doing all of this vileness, they keep applauding those who do. Welcome to a culture of death. Welcome to the most scientific age, but yet we don't know what's in a woman's womb. Welcome to the most scientific age, but we can't figure out why somebody blows their brains out. Welcome to the most scientific age where we use our medicine and our doctors to cut off your genitalia to make you a different gender. But we don't call that a disease. We'll talk about that. Transgenderism is actually a mental disease to think you're something else than what you actually are. You say, what happens if they commit suicide? That disease doesn't give them permission. <laughs> right back to where we started, honey. The Bible says, don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Look at what it says in verse 17. Read it with me. Verse 17, 1, 2, 3. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Now, don't come to me with all this, what if I eat lechon and tacos and pizza? Well, isn't that the same? Come on. You see how people always try to find a way out? Is me eating a meal in moderation even close to destroying my body? Or if you overeat yourself, no. But could gluttony be considered a sin at some point? Lack of self-control? Yeah. So what's your point? You just want me to say more people are going to hell then? Because I'm not taking away this one. I'll add 20 more to the list if you got the time. But it's pretty obvious how you destroy. I think, I think like where we would all agree, like maybe lechon is kind of questionable or how much you eat or how much ice cream. But how many know destroying your temple would definitely fit under suicide? Suicide would definitely be a way of destroying your temple because it kind of doesn't work anymore. Jumping off a bridge is pretty obvious to destroying your temple. And once again, if they can't control themselves, why aren't they jumping off the bridge that my children were jumping off of in the Looney Tunes playground of Woodfield? Because they know what bridge to go to, don't they? If you were insane right now, would you know what bridge to go to, how to drive there? Would you know how to load a gun? No, you would know none of those things. The Bible says even if your hands cause you to sin or your eyes cause you to sin, gouge them out. Why? Because it's better that you cut off your hands and your eyes and go to heaven and, and go there as lefty or righty or whatever than for your whole body to go to hell. Well, pastor, I just can't help myself. You know what I'll do for you? I'll tell you what we'll do for you. Number one, we'll pay for counseling for you for your first session to a professional clinic. We'll do that in this church to help you. And number two, if you're saying it's not working fast enough, this is what I do. And I mean this in all sincerity. I'll buy a set of law-keeping uh, uh, law handcuffs. I'll keep the keys, and we'll put a cement lock, uh, a cement pole that has a little loop on it in your backyard. Anytime you have enough uh, common sense or enough thoughts to go kill yourself, take the, key, take the handcuffs, lock it here, lock it there, and then call me and we'll come. Are you listening? You could pick up a gun, lock yourself to that thing right there. If you're that much under the control of your animal instincts, you think you're nothing but a bag of chemicals, lock yourself there. Which, by the way, I'm going to show you how to face anxiety and depression. The number one thing is killing people. Doctors are literally screaming out now, making as many books possible, saying this is not going to kill you. Depression will never kill you. Anxiety, no matter how much your heart is beating, will never kill you. You'll pass out before you do, and then your body will say, let me take over, knock out, and go, now I can breathe again, finally. 
That's why your body passes out because you hyperventilate. You weren't doing the thing right. Your body wants to live. Let your body live. Amen. Praise God. Somebody say, help us, Lord. Well, guess what? The same Jesus that came to set me free will set you free. He came to set suicidal people free. There were people at this altar getting free. You know why? Because they don't want to suffer in silence. And, and they don't take this as condemnation. They take it as help. Imagine if there was a trend in our culture of everybody drinking strychnine and everybody was wondering why they were dying. But there was a preacher who figured it out and said, this is why you all are dying. You're drinking strychnine. How loud would you want me to shout it? Come on. Would you just want me to whisper it? How loud would we want to tell our community about it? We would want to tell them. Now, I know many of you work in schools or in different places. If it's not your place, it's not your place. But when they ask you your opinion, give them a word of God. Amen? Say, hey, if this Muslim can have his opinion about 70 virgins, if this Buddhist right here can think they can be reincarnated as a rat, if this person believes this, can I at least have what the Bible says? And then say back to them, if they say, well, I don't like that, then go, who are you to judge me? <laughs> Throw it back on them and see what they say. <laughs> you know what you say to somebody who says, don't judge me. You know what you say? Was that a judgment? Did you just judge me, judging you? If they say nobody knows who's right, ask them, is that true, nobody knows who's right? Because it sounds like you think you're right saying nobody's right. You see how foolish the world is? We'll get into those things next week. The just what Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You know, most of these Christians that are messing with us never go on the streets and preach. I've brought in over 30 homeless people into my, my, my personal house. I've seen transvestites in my house, drug addicts in my house. I have helped them, my friends, mentally insane, schizophrenic people in my house, bringing them to mental clinics. I've had people snap and lose their mind and bring them to a mental hospital. I've seen it. I've been there. I've been, while I drop them off, they tell me things are happening around them. Are you listening? But I preach to them, Jesus came to give you good news. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Do you believe that? He came to preach deliverance for the captive. You feel you're captive to your thoughts? Recovering of sight to the blind. Sit at liberty, them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Do you know that the good doctors right now are teaching neuroplasticity? They used to think you were just a bag of chemicals up here, but like I said, the guy had to rewrite his anxiety book. They're rewriting the depressive books. You know what they have found through 80,000 brain scans? Look at Dr. Amen. He's done the most brain scans of any person on the planet. He has a TED Talk. It literally says what I learned after 80,000 brain scans. You know what he learned? You can change your brain. But who changes your brain? A broken hard drive can't fix itself. If you got AIDS, you can't heal yourself through a blood transfusion. Who heals your brain? You do. Your soul heals your physical brain. And where does the soul get the power from? It's supposed to get the freedom and the power from Jesus to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's why our drug rehabs have 80% success rate. Teen Challenge, 80% success rate. AANA, 10 to 20% success rate. That's why those of us who are Christians, you've been set free from depression. And the counselor you went to, when you were a sinner, they're still depressed. Y'all didn't even hear me. Some of these counselors are depressed. Are you listening? There's a depression in them. And you free and they're not. What do you think the difference is, Jesus? That's the Holy Ghost advantage. You can keep fighting the devil without Jesus. I'll fight him with Jesus. Amen. Real simple, get born again, fill with the Holy Ghost, live as an obedient disciple. Number two, pray and daily seek God's word for your life. We think about 40,000 thoughts a day. Here's 120 thoughts about Jesus and you. Say these words. Repeat these back to you. 
they have actually done the scans of when you look at your children. I could keep you here all day, but it'll get boring. Some of the things they do to test these scans out is they give you a picture of your child, a picture of your child, and they have you look at it for about 10 to 30 seconds, and they say, let all of the emotions come to you normally. Let them all just come. So you look at your child, you love your child, all of it comes. And then they show you a picture of one of the most wickedest things you could think of, a decapitated teenager in a car accident, drunken and driving. And then they monitor your adrenal gland to how much you reacted to it. The people who look at their children first and have a sense of calm, when they look at the next thing, their adrenal gland does not respond the same. Even though it's shocking, it doesn't respond the same. When they give them the shocking thing without looking at their children, their adrenal gland is twice, three times as more active. Their adrenaline races up. Why do you think people in the foxholes were looking at their children? Because they knew it was bringing them peace. Do you understand? We have practiced this in medical science. A, a Dr. Meyer of Dr. Meyer Clinic gave pastors this challenge, uh, Bible college students rather, this challenge. Memorize a scripture once a week, once a week. He had a test group of like 20. Memorize a scripture once a week and the other ones not memorize a scripture, just do what you do. After the four years of Bible college, the ones who read the scriptures once a week and memorized it, not one of them had an episode with anxiety or depression. Not one of them. Out of the group that did not do it, upwards of 20-30%. The average happened in their squad. My friends, I'll be here all day. I'll be here all day. You got to make a decision to what you believe. Deliberately set these as your thoughts. Follow God's plan. Look what he said in Philippians. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Look at every thought going through a filter. Say to yourself, I will not think a thought down here unless it's gone through the filter up there. So you start with, is it true? Well, it may be true I lost my mom. It may be true that my, my church is not going good if you're a pastor or whatever. Yeah, but look at the next part. Is it noble? Is it noble to think about death all day long? If you've lost your mother or somebody you love, do they want you, if they could come back and talk to you, would they want you to look at their grave all day long? To think about death? Is it right? No. Is it pure? No. Is it lovely? No. Is it, then those are the things that filter out your thought. So guess what are the things that you really can only concentrate on in life? The things of God. The things of God. Even if they're tough things, I'm thinking them through the filter of the word. Somebody say, carry the word, and it will carry you. And then guess what? You ask for help and receive instruction when needed. That means when you go to the doctor, I've had two friends develop bipolar for their abuse of drugs, and they don't listen to the doctors. That's why they're homeless drug addicts right now. If you are really dealing with something, humble yourself and listen to what they're trying to do to help you. Listen to what the church is trying to do to help you. We're not saying it's your fault you feel bad. I watched my mother-in-law go through menopause, and you could tell that all of her hormones were off. I didn't look at her and go, you wicked sinner, you're going to go to hell. I said, yeah, yeah, Jesus loves you. Hold on. Your body's just realigning. Your body's adjusting. These are just chemicals. It will reset itself. Listen to the doctor. That's how she was at peace when her body was in turmoil. Do you get it? She made her choice, and now she's wonderful after that. That's why there's so many testimonies of people who have gone through suicide and all of those things. And so here are some of the books that I recommend. The Perfect You by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Neuroplasticity, she knows about that. You Are Not Your Brain by Dr. Jeffrey Swartz. He's the OCD leading expert. He has videos online. He shows you how to retrain your brain. The Dare Method of Taking on Anxiety by Barry McDowell. Happiness is a Choice by the one we were talking about before, Dr. 
Meyer, and then Freedom from Fear, Neil Anderson. These are professionals that see it, and if you need to help, have somebody help pay for a visit, we'll do it. But I would say start with the pastor, start with life groups, start with Christian living, and at least today, believe it. Believe what the Scripture says. Can we stand up and give it up for Jesus today? Thank you for coming.